The first letter to the Corinthians was a call to unity and harmony. Just imagine that Corinth was this huge metropolitan place, this town on this little sort of connecting peninsula. It was a major trading area. So there were people there from all nations, all places, all beliefs, all philosophies. It was a perfect recipe for people to what? Disagree. Perfect recipe for people to disagree. They grew up differently. They believed different things. That's the first letter to the Corinthians. But Fred, you're going to be reading to us in a couple minutes from the second letter to the Corinthians. And this is one where Paul starts to get a bit deep in his theology. Some believe it's a little bit too deep, but I'm going to do my best to sort of take things and lay them out on a level plane so that we've got something to take with us for next week as well. If there's a message to the 2 Corinthians, it's this. Our suffering, the obstacles, the, the, the illness, uh, the persecutions, the things that make life difficult, highlights our dependence on Christ. Ever thought about that before? I should think about it more often. I'm usually thinking about dependence on myself. But Paul says that highlights does nothing more than highlight our dependence on Christ in whom we find strength and in whom we find eternal glory. And the Scripture that Fred's going to read simply says that God's glory in Christ is offered to each one of us. It's immense. More immense than we can even imagine. And then he says, and this is hard for those of us who live in the West, it's hard for me as an American. It's worth waiting for. Problem is, there are a lot of us here that I'll raise my hand first. I've got the patience of a gnat. It's hard to wait for this glory that's promised to us. Fred, would you read to us from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, moving on into chapter 5, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 13 to chapter 5, 1. But just as we have the same spirit of faith that is in accordance with Scripture, I believe, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will bring us with you into his presence. Yes, everything is for your sake, so that grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Even though our inner, outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. <clears throat> for this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measures, because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be truly acceptable to you our strength, our rock, and our creator. Thank you, Fred, for that reading.
Well, according to church growth experts, you and I are consumers. According to church growth experts, especially those who've done their studies in uh, the latter part of the 20th century, but especially the 21st century, they say beyond measure that you and I are consumers, especially if we're Westerners, especially if we're Americans, especially if we grew up in America, especially if we've got maybe enough money in our pocket to drop by the new Dutch brothers and buy a cup of coffee. We're now... now if I'm not describing you, then I guess I'm asking for your forgiveness, okay? But I'm going to step on everybody's toes a little bit today, and I want you to know that the number one person I'm, for whom, whose toes I'm stepping on are mine. Those of you who know me know me that I'm very, very, very demanding. And when I read these, these articles about people who go to church are just as demanding when it comes to church as they are anything else, I realized the guy's right. So we're consumers. We're demanding. We want things to, we're looking for certain things in the world, and we want those things to meet our needs. And if we don't get those, what do we do? We keep looking because there's so many options. I want you to just live with that just for a moment. We're consumers. We're really concerned about being pleased. We want all those things that we're looking for, and we want it quickly. Some of us want it really, really quickly. You know, I looked up a, a, a survey, Understanding Consumer Demand. Now, you need to know that, I'm going to say it one more time, I know this does not apply to everyone in here, but when I get to what Paul was talking about, you'll understand why it is I brought this up. Now, I also know that not everybody in here uses the Internet, but many of us do. Listen to this, you Internet users, how website performance affects shopping behavior. 47% of consumers expect a web page to load in two seconds or less. Okay. 40% will abandon a website that takes more than three seconds to load. Okay, 79% of shoppers who are dissatisfied with the website performance are less likely to buy from the same site ever again. 52% of online shoppers state that quick page loading is important to their site loyalty. Yeah, I understand that. Oh, get this, 16%. A one-second delay or three seconds of waiting, decreases customer satisfaction by a minimum of 16%. One second. By the way, I think the reason I chose this one is it describes me. 44% of online shoppers will tell their friends about a bad experience online. The survey didn't even mention how many will tell their friends if it was a good experience. 44% will tell other shoppers about a bad experience online. Well, in my journeys of life, I've realized that not everybody can relate to data done uh, from a, uh, coming from a survey about how we use the Internet. So I've got another, I've got another one for you as well. Okay. Forget the internet for a minute. 
I want to go back to us being very demanding, being consumers. We know what we're looking for. We want to be pleased. And I also read that 84% of us want to be assured that we're important in anything we're looking for. We want to be zeroed in on. Now, there's very few people in this room that would admit, we will never admit, I don't think. By the way, I just have to tell you, you got to get over it because it's all about me. It's all about me. I promise you there's a reason I'm doing this. Wait till we see what the Apostle Paul was talking about, the immensity of the glory of God that we're still trying to understand. We are demanding. I have Dutch brothers up there. Anybody been to the new Dutch brothers in Yuma? Really? No kidding. You haven't been to the new Dutch brothers in Yuma? Am I the only one here who's been to the new Dutch brothers in Yuma? Bob, you have. Bob, then you know. You know they're still doing it. You know, they've got like 12 young adults inside, and there's like 10 of them outside. They have a double lane, and all of, the, all of them carry an iPad. And they run. They literally run from car to car, taking your order, getting it all done, and then it goes to a screen. It does, Dick, I'm not kidding you. It goes to a screen inside. And then if it takes like, I don't know what their, their, their formula is, but if it takes too long, they will go and get it. And if it's too long, you, you'll, you'll actually get it for free. Someone there, they've done their homework. They've realized that most Americans, not all, most Americans like me have the patience of a gnat. And they dress up in costumes. I'm not kidding you. Go by there. And they're experts. I'm not getting, they're experts at making you done, at making you feel like you're the only person who's an alive. They, they're experts. It's like, you are the most important coffee drinker in the world. I'll tell you what. Test me on it. Drive down there. Pull through. They've, they, they're right on the money. They've done their homework. Americans, mostly, are very demanding. We know what we want, and we want it now. I'm one of those. I want it yesterday. Hello? And it better be right, or what? I'm among those 80%, 84% that will be gone in a heartbeat. A guy by the name of C.S. Lewis, a very deep thinker, a very deep writer, he did a lot of his writing in the 40s, and especially in 1941, he wrote and he preached a sermon called The Weight of Glory. And this, that sermon, by the way, is, is kind of founded on and based on the scripture that, read, that, Fre that Fred read, that Fred did a great job reading today. He did. And C.S. Lewis, back in 1941, realized... Now, again, I'm going to be sharing some things with you. I agree with them. I personally agree with them. But this is from C.S. Lewis. He was saying that he uses a, uh, an image of a child making mud pies sitting in like, a, like, like the middle of the road when it comes to understanding what God's power and God's glory and His love and forgiveness and His grace are really truly like. A kid sitting dirty in the middle of a dirty road making mud pies. That's what he says. He says that, that you and I are, are consumers and we don't even realize what God is offering us. And that, his word, I like the word, 
He uses the word for our faith. I might offend you, and if you get up and leave, then I'll know I offended you. He said that we're, in our own ways, we're way too, we, our, our faith is just too mediocre. With what God is offering us, we settle for so little. That's what that scripture is about that Fred did such a good job reading, and that's what the weight of glory is about as well. C.S. Lewis is not an easy read. If you're wondering, I'm going to run out and get this book. Let me tell you in advance. Those of you, John, did you find it? Have you got it at home? C.S. Lewis, The Weight of Glory. I've had the book for years. I was reading it again the other day and went, huh? Paul is not exactly an easy writer to understand. And C.S. Lewis is a very deep thinking, philosophical, theological writer. But he has some ideas and some images that are, John, wouldn't you agree? They're unique to him. They're unique to him. And he's challenging. I have to tell you that just because I'm Pastor Mike doesn't mean I'm holier than thou, Pastor Mike. I read what he says, you know, you're really settling for way too little when it comes to what God is offering you. And I said to myself, you're right, I am. I am. Yet, on the other hand, I'm super demanding about my coffee. Wendy? Where's Wendy? I'm not so sure how that fit into the sermon. But I'm super demanding about so many things because I want it to be about me and I want it to be the best. I'm paying for it. I worked hard. Well, that's the other thing. When it comes to what God's offering us, you're not paying for it. You're not paying for it at all. That's why Paul always said that our glory is in Christ, not in ourselves. As a matter of fact, boy, I'll tell you what, I read it. I need to keep reading it. I need to keep reading it. C.S. Lewis says that when we're appreciating, hear me now, this is important. When you and I are in that place where we're truly receiving and we're fully appreciating the holiness and forgiveness and love and glory that God is offering us, there's a fine line between just receiving it and self-admiration. I did a good job. Therefore, I deserve it. Right, Pastor John? I did a good job. Therefore, I deserve it. No. I did a good job. Therefore, well and good, faithful servant, you're being the person that I created you to be. That's what God is saying to us. I knew before I came here today that this was not going to be an easy sermon to digest, let alone to preach I even said to myself, a sermon like this needs to be in a three-part series. So as long as you're buying the coffee, I'll meet you this week, and we could talk more about it. What, what do I want to offer you, though, to take with you? To take with you. Um, let's just get right to that. Th that's how I imagined Paul as he was writing this letter to the Corinthians Let's take a quick look at the, the Scripture again, only part of it, and then I'm going to give you what I feel to be a good take-home. So we do not lose heart, even though our outer nature is wasting away and our inner nature is being renewed day by day. 
Okay, I want an honest show of hands. Truly, if your outer body and your outer nature is really wasting away, would you raise your hand? Huh? I know our young people back there, our, our 10, 11, and 12-year-olds are probably, it'll come, guys. It'll, it'll come. Right, Paul? You know, we're, our outer nature is wasting away while our inner nature is, being, is thriving and being renewed and grown and blessed with God's great love. That's what he was saying for this slight momentary affliction. Now, there's a hard one to identify with. I've been on the phone with Ben Gossett almost every day for a week. There's a guy that would not agree with it being a slight momentary affliction because he keeps getting his flu back and back and back. It's recycling in his own home. But this is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. I just want to show you what the word weight means. In your Bibles, it says eternal weight. And sometimes people would translate it burden. By the way, Avery, you can look this up in your Greek lexicon when you get home. The word also means excessiveness and abundance. God's glory is excessive. Think about it. We can't. It's too hard to imagine. God's glory and power and love and forgiveness is so excessive and abundant, we can't imagine it. And that's why he was saying we tend to find ourselves sitting in the middle of the road just settling for making mud pies when God wants to shower us with something so wonderful we can't even imagine it. Here's your take home. I tried to come up with something that was a little easier to take with us as a take home. Because understanding C.S. Lewis and his writing actually takes years, and you need to read it over and over and over and over again. But I knew that it was not hard for us to understand the fact that we are consumers. We are, especially Westerners. Um, that we want things our way, or if the page doesn't load in one or two seconds, we're gone. Why? So many options. So many other people. Why do you think uh, Amazon is delivering things, a lot of things, in 24 hours now? Why? They have competitors. Here's your take home. Okay. This is, I think, a little easier to take with us. I want you to take these words with you into the week, and I want you to catch yourself being deserving. Catch yourself being deserving. And for, for all, all of us who pray in the morning... Why not add it to our prayer? Oh, God, I don't want to walk around in life feeling like I'm deserving all the time because when I'm deserving, I'm selfish. And when I'm deserving, I can't imagine. I can't even imagine what it is you're really trying to do for me when I have an attitude of being deserving. So this week, my friends, drop the D-E. Drop it. Exercise for the week. Just plain drop the DE and have an attitude of serving, caring for. It is so much easier to understand God and what He wants to do for us when we have an attitude of serving than an attitude of deserving. A sense of entitlement, they call it. 
whatever this is that we're going through, this what Paul calls, calls a momentary affliction, is not even close to what God wants to give us. An eternal excessiveness and abundance of glory, forgiveness, love, and grace. Way too hard to imagine. It is. But I don't think it's hard to imagine going through life with an attitude of serving rather than an attitude of deserving. Let's try that this week and see how it works. Oh, gracious God. Oh, gracious Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's You. You're the glory in me. You're the one who empowers me and strengthens me when I'm having those hard days when I'm feeling like I'm deserving of whatever it is that comes my way. Unless, of course, I didn't deserve it. Oh God, help me to be one who serves. Have an attitude of serving and love for others. So the day will come when I'm standing before You And I truly know what it means when you say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. It's all these things that we pray. Amen and amen.